Hi, I'm Brent Love, and welcome to Hope Works, a podcast by Hope Surrogacy. In every episode of Hope Works, we'll be talking with a surrogate as she shares her journey through inspiration, meeting her intended parents, pregnancy, and birth. Today, I'm talking with Lauren. Lauren is a Wisconsin mom and carried the baby of her intended parents, a mom and a dad who live outside of Wisconsin. She delivered a beautiful baby with her intended parents in the delivery room in the summer of 2017. Lauren is already on the journey to help with a second surrogacy project with plans to carry another baby for her intended parents. We delayed this conversation a few days because on the day we were originally scheduled to talk, Lauren found out that the embryo transfer for her second surrogacy had failed. When we finally sat down, Lauren was still tender-hearted, recovering from the emotional toll of the failed transfer, and she was still in the middle of the journey to make a new plan with her intended parents for a transfer in the future. Lauren and I have a special connection. Lauren works as a delivery nurse and has delivered hundreds of babies, and she was our delivery nurse when my husband and I arrived at the hospital with our surrogate on the day our daughter was born. I remember the moment in the delivery room that morning when Lauren told us that she was a surrogate, and our surrogate and Lauren high-fived, and we all hugged, and we were so excited and felt so safe and secure. And it was no accident. She actually made sure that she was the nurse on our case that day. Since the delivery, she and our surrogate have become friends, and all of us still keep in touch um, and keep each other updated with our surrogacy journeys. One special note. You'll hear us use the term IP in this conversation. When we say IPs, we're talking about the intended parents, and in this case, it's the mom and the dad of the baby that Lauren carried. We'll also talk about the transfer a lot, and that's specifically the moment when an embryo is either taken out of the freezer or it has been made fresh in a lab, and embryo is transferred into the uterus of the surrogate. When we finally sat down in Lauren's living room, On this big comfy couch, Lauren's littlest kid was playing at the neighbors and her big fluffy dog was cuddled up in another room and it had just rained and it was the perfect cozy day for a great conversation. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Hi, Lauren. That was kind of (laughs) nice. So thanks for having me at your house. Thank you for coming. Very cool to be here. It's actually really beautiful out here. I didn't know like Wisconsin metros had these like idyllic. I mean, I feel like it's like a movie set a little bit. I was driving up. I was like, there's like the sidewalks and the big yards and and trampolines. And and I was like, it's so cute. And flowers growing. I just want to see like Ferris Bueller like running across (laughs) the lawns. Yes, it's our our little uh, area of uh, Madison here is uh, we just love it. We've got great neighbors, great yards. Lots of room for the kids to run around, and we love it here. That's so awesome. Um, maybe we can start there. You have uh, been a surrogate. I have. And once, you, luckily. You carried a baby for someone else right here in this house. That little baby for the first nine months grew grew right here. Yes, right here. Sitting on this couch. Yes, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Every um, day we'd take naps together. <laughs> What did your neighbors think about it? Did you, did they see um, you? Did they know what was yes, going on? Yes, we have, um, we've been lucky enough to have two very involved neighbors <clears throat> with our family and, um, they're very accepting in the true Madison way of all, uh, you know, the way people choose to live and they were very excited. Um, of course they had questions just like everybody else. Um, <laughs> but I think that, um, they were almost as invested as, we were in the pregnancy and the outcome That's awesome. Um, with, I mean, throughout the entire process, my uh, one neighbor, she's one of my best friends, she's 71 and she came to a couple of the appointments with us, the ultrasounds with me. Um, so I really cherish that time That's with really her. Awesome. Yeah. She took some, uh, you know, you're not allowed to take pictures during the ultrasounds, uh-huh. which There's... is hard when RIPs are. And um, you have a phone <clears throat> in your pocket. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. And so she, uh, Keep in mind, she's 71. She looks pretty innocent. Um, <laughs> she would uh, sneakily take a couple of pictures here and there. And one time the flash went off and <laughs> the ultrasound tech, like her head just whipped around. And Carol, she just, my neighbor, yeah, um, 
she just totally played it off. It was, I'll never forget. It was so, we laughed ourselves sick. <laughs> it's very funny. So. Um, can, can we just talk about the hard stuff first? Cause I feel like. Let's do it. I, I, I feel like it's out there and it's gonna, it's, it's gonna be waiting for us one way or the other. <laughs> yes. So can we talk about that? Can you tell me what's going on? Yes, I can. And I'll probably get all choked up about it. Um, I'm glad that we waited till today because <laughs> I was even more sad on Monday. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's all right. Because we're going to try again. So we have hope <laughs> Yeah. Um, that it will take, but we had such, I think we were a little spoiled with our first go around. Um, everything was just perfect. Pretty much perfect. There was always a couple hiccups, but you know, um, we had a transfer and we had a baby. It was perfect. Um, that was the first time. That was the first time. Yeah. Yep. And so this time, I think we, we were all a little cocky. Yeah. And uh, we uh, were very, very hopeful. And uh, last time, by day four, I had a positive urine pregnancy. It was very faint, but you could. it was very clear to see. And this time on day four, there was nothing. I'm like, oh, that's okay. Well, let's try again tomorrow. Yeah. And then you start driving yourself crazy with those pregnancy tests because yeah. I care very, very much, obviously. Um, <clears throat> so we knew, we knew pretty like right away, but we still had hope that we would get some different results on Monday morning. So, you know, I got there like half an hour early because I was hoping that they'd call you to the blood test. Yeah. And it was totally negative, which I'd rather have it be totally negative than, you know, we, I've had people that I've met through this whole process that, you know, have gotten a little ways in the pregnancy and then it didn't work out. So, yeah. um, I'd much rather have it have happened like this and we'll try again, hopefully next month. Um, but it's still, still a bummer. Um, but we, you know, my, uh, the IPs that I have been in constant contact pretty much every single day, um, for the past little while here as we, as we have prepared. Um, and then of course for the transfer, they were not able to make it to the transfer this time um, due to life and children and uh, family. Because they have and a child. They do. They have a little one. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it's a long way to go. Um, if, and it's very important, but for like a 10 minute appointment, it's a very long way. Um, and so um, they didn't make it. And so I think um, maybe next time they'll try. Maybe we'll try, but no. Um, we have FaceTime last night and we, you know, just been talking about our feelings and we feel very hopeful for next month that we might be able to try again. A lot of people don't know what the, this process is like. So when you talk about a transfer, you're, you're talking about, um, an embryo is, comes from the freezer. Yes. Is thawed. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then, um, they <clears throat> do a transfer so that you are then meant to carry the baby. Right? Yes, that's correct. And um, for a month leading up to the transfer of the embryo um, that I hope to carry um, for the duration of the pregnancy, there's a lot of prep work, um, you know, the vitamins and the baby aspirin, <clears throat> not a big deal. I try to take vitamins anyway. Um, but then we start with the injections <clears throat> or whatever um, the doctor chooses. You know, every single doctor is different with their me uh, medication regimen. Um, but ours is, um, quite a few, um, intramuscular injections. And so that's okay. That's what I signed up for. Um, it's not easy. My husband who is, you know, a graphic designer by trade and um, works with computers, he's become my nurse and he's wonderful. <laughs> Which is funny cause you're a nurse. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, I don't, I am not able to do the intramuscular injections myself. <laughs> I'm not there yet. Um, but he does a great job. Um, but they're real sore. Um, the progesterone in particular, I can handle the estrogen, no problem. Um, but the progesterone, it just, it doesn't matter how, where, how slow you inject it. It just makes your muscles very sore. So, um, like I said, I'm glad we didn't get, you know, a month or two farther and then have it not work out. Uh, but it's, it's a lot of work and a lot of medications and your body goes through a lot to prepare for it, the transfer yeah. and then to have it not take, it's just like. Ugh, it's a so you you do all that work and then you have this um all, there's all that work mm -hmm. you have this appointment um it's short 
but it's kind of everything, right? It's everything. Yes, exactly. It's everything. Um, it's, I remember mine. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it was like, like you said, like 10 minutes you're in there Mm -hmm. and we got to go because we, um, our fertility clinic is in the same city where we live. Sure. And so, um, our surrogate got to come. That's so nice. Uh, up to our city. And so we get to be there. It really is just 10 minutes. It is. And, (laughs) And we were able to watch the ultrasound um, and see the procedure happen. Yes. And um, this little spark that goes across the screen. Yes, like a shooting star. <laughs> like a shooting star. It's yep. the craziest thing. Yep. Like a little shooting star. And then that's the embryo trying to make it to the wall mm-hmm. of the uterus. And hopefully implant. Yeah. Yes. Why? Because I don't think a lot of people will understand um, this isn't your baby. Why is it emotional for you to not have a successful transfer? One, because I have a lot of hormones in my body right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but two, um, when we met our intended parents, um, it's a man and a woman. They were just um, really, really hoping for this process to work with. They have been through so, so, so much. And so we just... Uh, my husband and I just fell in love with them, but um, I especially fell in love with the intended mother. Um, we have so much in, com- in common and as a woman and as a mother, just to be able to help and give her that gift that that is everything. And so it's just, I, I want to tell her I'm sorry <laughs> that this one didn't work, but I, you know, you do everything you can. So... We're going to try again, and it will be good. But it's just hard. We're trying to do a sibling project, and you know our surrogate, Chavana. I do. And um, I'm really scared of that I don't want you to moment. be <laughs> I'm just you know there's no there's no way you could not be scared of it you know yeah. there's just yes no way because because pregnancy is never guaranteed for anyone right in any process right and so I'm scared yes and I think some people would say well I I don't know you know it's not a loss you know there was never a positive pregnancy test but it, it was a, a loss to to our hearts you know it's this is just so precious those little embryos that are sitting wherever they're sitting waiting um just very precious to all of us so at the transfer i remember thinking if this works this is our baby and so i did even feel an attachment to this embryo yes that was trying to be yes not all embryos get to be right but that one was trying and i felt it yes i felt it Yes. It's um, just very emotional to connect with it. And I don't know if people who don't go through the process will understand, but maybe, you know, to feel that because there's so much hope um, and love and caring that those embryos have already. Yeah. As, you know, even though they're so little. Um, can I ask... I mean, I guess like how the IPs, this mom and dad, how they got the news and what they did next. So we had, um, the intended mother and I had been in contact. She knew when I was going to be doing the tests. We we have such a wonderful, wonderful relationship. And so um, I would think that we both knew by day four, you know, um, post transfer, that is. Um, so our transfer was on Thursday. So Thursday. So on Sunday, I did our first test, hoping to see a faint positive. And then when that one was negative, <clears throat> I think, yeah, that we already kind of both knew because I know my body. And um, so it was still, um, it's just still devastating. She's very, very sad, as am I. But um, we both are just, you know, it is what it is. And if we approached a pregnancy, like how, how I've been feeling, which has just been, you know, sick, over the past week, you know, if we approach the next pregnancy like that, it's not going to be a positive outcome. So we need to, you know, 
let ourselves grieve, you know, a couple more days and then we need to just get back, you know, just like everything else in life. It's, well, we're going to turn it positive and you know what? We're closer to using our embryos. We have two left. Um, and you know, we'll start the process again here soon and, and it's okay. It's okay. Cause this is, you know, not every embryo is going to, is going to take, you're not going to get a baby out of every single embryo. At least that's what I keep telling myself. To make I mean, myself it's, feel the, it's certainly the truth of science, mm-hmm. but it's somehow doesn't matter as much to your heart. Exactly. Exactly. I've been trying to tell myself like, come on girl, let's get going. But I, I'm feeling better. Uh, be, you know, being at work, um, I work 12 hour shifts. So being at work and it <laughs> sometimes gets a little, little dicey with all the beautiful, beautiful babies being born. And, um, uh, you know, just the wonderful families that I've had the opportunity to work with, you know, that can sometimes make you want it even more, but it's just great to be part of that and be around women. I, um, I love working with, uh, you know, the beautiful pregnant women that I get to work with, um, as a labor and delivery nurse. And so, Hopefully we'll be feeling better here soon. And yeah. once we're able to come up with a plan that will help too. Somehow I feel like because you care so much, the next embryo gets a chance to be part of that care. This is the space. Yes. Like you yes. said, this is the space the next embryo will have. Yes. And, and that much, that level of care means that the next embryo has a chance at that much love too. Yes. And, and that's a, that's a great thing. Yes. You're right. <laughs> And it makes sense in your brain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it takes a while to get to the heart. It does. It does. You talked about being a labor labor and delivery nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk about your job and, and what that has meant to you? Um, and maybe how it has impacted your surrogacy journey? Yeah. <clears throat> well, the reason we even started on this journey is because one of my coworkers um, had gone through two um, pregnancy and deliveries, um, for a couple. And so I had the opportunity to speak with her about it over a span of a couple of years while she was going through her pregnancies before we decided that it was a good time for us to maybe try. Um, they had, had they worked with Mary? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yep. So I, um, contacted Mary because of my coworker and those women, as you know, (laughs) are just, they're just wonderful. They're one of a kind. Um, at Hope Surrogacy, we just adore them. You know, we go visit them randomly, <laughs> my family and I do, because we live so close. Yeah. Um, so. And your coworker had been a surrogate. For a couple from France. For a couple from France. Yes. Um, what did you hear about that from her that made you think this was something I should do? When she said that handing them, so that she's had two. So I was speaking with her um, after the first one was born. I think she was pregnant with the second, with the sibling, her sibling, the sibling her little brother. Project, yeah. Yes. She was out doing the sibling project. She was um, pregnant with the se- their second when we were speaking. And she said that um, handing their baby to them almost topped her own births. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's powerful. Wow. And I really respect her too. So her telling that story like wow you know i think i need to get some more information on this um and you know because like your ta- births were great they were wonderful yeah. they were wonderful and um besides a couple weeks of sickness in the beginning of each pregnancy it's slick for me thank goodness knock on wood um so yeah we first of all being around all the women that i work with in labor and delivery and seeing these beautiful families created every day um and i like being pregnant <laughs> um and then seeing my coworker go through her beautiful, wonderful pregnancies, uh, we reached out to Hope and um, the women were just, they respond quickly, which is my style. Like I'm very type A, like I'm going to send you a message. <laughs> I would, I want, I would, I'd like your answer. <laughs> um, so yeah, they were prompt with their replies. Um, it was just really, really slick. It was meant to be. So uh, I took a little bit of time uh, to get matched and everything. Um we were matched pretty quickly, but then, you know, with everything that people go through to create embryos and everything that took a little bit of time, but, um, it was just, it was just as smooth as it could have Mm -hmm. been. And it's just, it was meant to be. And then we had a beautiful baby in July and, uh, 
and through this whole process, even during my pregnancy, our pregnancy, um, we were able to care for, I, when we have an opportunity to care for a gestational carrier and a family, we, you know, my coworker and I will, you know, sometimes have to do rock, paper, scissors to see who gets to go in that room to take and, care and of them. And my baby was one of those babies <laughs> yes. that you fought to help yes. deliver at yes. the hospital. Definitely. You were our nurse. Yes. It was wonderful. That was yeah. such an amazing day. It's like sweating before I even got to work. I was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's, uh, it's just wonderful. And seeing, um, we see adoptions every so often too. Yeah. And that is just magical, just magical. I think I just have a very special place in my heart for um, helping people create families. Obviously, it's what, you know, what yeah. I do every single day. So in so many ways, so many aspects <laughs> of your life, including yeah. your own family. <laughs> yes. um, so I totally want to like, I totally want to talk about our birth. Yes, my birth. Um, <laughs> well, not my birth. I wasn't conscious for that. Your. My baby's birth. <laughs> yes. Um, our little girl who was born almost six months ago, oh almost six months ago. And, uh, you, so we arrived at the hospital yes. with Giovanna yes. and my husband, Charlie, and it was 7am in the morning. And here you come in and, you know, you know, Giovanna by now. And she was like, ready for business. Let's get she, this done. We're going to get, she, she hopped, you know, she just got right on the bed and like going, let's, go. let's, let's do this. And then you, you just kind of put it out there. Hey, I was a surrogate. <laughs> yes. And all of our jaws dropped. And we, we high fived. Yeah. That was crazy. Uh, what yeah. is it like to. I mean, you can use our delivery or other okay. deliveries as an example, but what was it like to work um, work with a surrogate to help her deliver a baby and to work with IPs in the same room? What's that like? It's amazing. It's so emotional and wonderful. And um, there's so many aspects of it too. Because um, we have seen a lot, you know, we've seen women who um, most of the time it is just... Um, you know, they, everyone is so ready for this. You know, we go in, we see the embryo transfer, our little shooting star. It is never in our mind that it's, that it's ours. You know, we are just keeping him or her safe for a couple months um, while we prepare them for you guys. Yeah. Um, so, but we do try to keep in mind um, the emotional aspect for everybody, you know, for the intended parents and the gestational carrier, making sure that everybody's in a good mental state before, during, after. Um, but being able to be part of that and watching the intended parents, I think is just my favorite, you know, during the birth. Do you remember what we were like from your perspective? I I just remember ex just pure excitement and happiness in your, you know, the eyes tell it all, just pure <laughs> joy and love. And your relationship with Giovanna um, is just wonderful, just beautiful, just beautiful. Um, you're, you're so comfortable with each other and loving and she's just, it's like you guys were meant to be a little family too. Totally. Yeah. How do you prepare IPs and surrogates in the delivery room? Like what questions do you ask? Um, what things do you want people to think about parents and surrogates as they come in? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so when we have our intended parents come in and like you guys came in the day before, I believe for, or a couple of days yeah, before for a tour. A tour. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, touring the hospital before, especially if you're not from the same area, I think that is super valuable. It just takes a little bit of stress off. You know where you're going, um, you know who, which desk to present to. Um, and then you can actually even just laying eyes on one of the rooms that you might be in is, it, I just think it really takes a level of no matter what, no matter how prepared you are, you're going to be anxious and excited and um, being able to visualize that space, I think is great preparation for <clears throat> the delivery labor and delivery um as far as the you know the things that we try to straighten out when you come into the labor and delivery room you know physically where do you guys want to be <laughs> is the um, gestational carrier comfortable with you know the intended parents being right up in the action would she prefer them you know meaning maybe like actually seeing the, the baby yes, coming from the body, her body. <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly um you know is she cool with you holding the leg or would she prefer you maybe behind the curtain um i can't think of a time where the intended um 
where the gestational carrier has asked the intended parents not to be in the room because that's our, I mean, our relationship is we are in this together. This is, I want you to witness this. Like, you know, you deserve to witness this, you know, this is your baby. So I've never come upon that. Um, there, do you know, so I was talking to, um, another woman mm -hmm. who has been a surrogate and they actually only allowed one person to be in the delivery room. Was so she had to choose. Was it a C-section? No. Really? But this was a few years ago okay. and it wasn't, I don't think it was in a Madison hospital. I can't imagine it. Yeah. That, that would be. So you work here in Madison and yes. in your hospital, that's just not the way. I mean, we've had people like 20 people in the delivery room before. Like you have to move. <laughs> You're in you my way. You have your limit, but that <laughs> yes. you hit it. You yes. hit the limit. Yeah. Yes. There have been times. I can still picture walking into one of the delivery rooms and they had pulled the curtain, but like there's like a netting at the top. I don't know why. But it's like, you know, like a clear netting at the top. And then, I mean, probably six feet, no, taller, probably like 10 feet from the floor. You can picture them um, is you can't see through it. It's a curtain. Well, somebody was they had pulled the curtain, but there were people standing on chairs looking through the mesh. <laughs> it was like videotaping and it was just oh oh, a little overwhelming. But yeah, no, here in Madison, I mean, I guess I can't speak for Meritor, but they're I'm pretty sure the same as us. As long as everybody is respectful you can have whoever you want, whenever you want, doesn't matter yeah. as long as it's safe, of course. Um, so you you try to figure out where the what <clears throat> the gestational is comfortable with in yes. terms of how her body is seen. Yes, through the well, delivery. Yeah, and I'd say one hundred percent of the time that has already been discussed. Um, and then, like for instance, we um, Giovanna wanted us to stand at her shoulders. Yes. So we could we could just see her, and there was a sheet. Yes. And, and then we saw the baby you once it was on her yes. stomach. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's very typical. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that just gives a little bit of privacy. Sure. Sure. <laughs> um, but still able to, you know, witness the baby being yeah, born. I mean, at that point, I mean, the you, you're the professional here, but I understand the protocol is um, that the umbilical cord stays attached until the blood go until the umbilical core blood fully goes to the baby. Is if right? possible. Yeah. We try to do, um, like a minute, a minute of delayed cord clamping, just give that baby a little bit of extra red blood cells while the placenta, you know, before the placenta starts to detach, um, just give it a little bit of time to stop pulsating. Yes. Um, so even in that situation, we were still part of the delivery. We didn't have to see everything, but like we, the magic was all still there. Yes. And, yes. and my husband cut the cord yes. and, and all those things. So you ask about where people want to be in the room. Mm -hmm. um, what other things like do you help people prepare for or kind of walk them through as the process is going sure. on? A lot of people have questions about um, feeding the baby too. Um, some gestational carriers choose to pump um, for the intended parents. Some, you know, depending on how far away the intended parents live, some will continue to pump and then donate to a bank. And some like myself just said, you know, this has been a wonderful, wonderful journey, but I am going to be done with that part with this. <laughs> no, no pumping. Yeah, no, no pumping. We're not, we're just, um, we've, we've done this. I'm really excited, but yeah, we're going to just be done now. Um, but uh, even then you're, you talk about like resources out there. I mean, formula obviously has kept yes. babies alive oh, for decades. I formula fed my kids and I'm a labor and delivery nurse. So right. yes. uh, and then there are other, there are ways to do milk donation, especially mm -hmm. in here in Madison. There's a great resource that yes. we found out from the hospital yes. um, from an, one of your colleagues um, who told us about uh, Mother's Milk Alliance, yes. who we contacted the day before the delivery and got 120 ounces oh of donated breast milk. It's amazing. It was really great. Amazing. Yeah. Very cool. So you talk about feeding the baby. What other things? Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of questions around, um, the name of the baby, because obviously the intended parents will be naming the child, but, um, at the hospital, and I'm not sure how it is at every hospital, um, when the, ba after the baby's born and is admitted into our charting system, no matter what for, I mean, across the board for every single person, the baby is like baby boy. And then whoever the delivering per, whoever the person who physically delivered the baby, her last name goes on the band. So that's always a little tricky. And I mean, um, why is it tricky? Because, um, the baby even, so the baby that I had in July left with my last name, like in the Epic charting system. So, 
and that's okay. But they even like made me have a band on and I worked there. Like I worked there and I was like, why do I have to have this band on? This baby is not coming to my room. If the point of the band is to match the baby with the person who is going to be taking care of the baby, why do I have to wear this? Mm -hmm. And they told me, well, sometimes the gestational carries breastfeed. Like, well, that's fine, but I'm not doing that. The baby's not coming to my room. So working around some of the hospital things. And again, I work there, you know, I'm not trying to talk negatively about it, but it is, um, this is, as this becomes more normalized and more people learn about it, hopefully some of those kinks will be worked out where, um, like the intended parents will fill out the birth certificate, um, Mm -hmm. pretty much as soon as we leave the labor and delivery suites and go to your postpartum room or however it works at everybody's hospital. Um, they give, the parents of the child, the birth certificate information to fill out, um, which, I mean, you guys filled out the top part, but like I, you know, the gestational carrier stood to fill out a bunch of information just because the baby exited her body. Um, <clears throat> so again, and that's different in each state too, which is kind of right. tricky. So, um, but that's a big question too with, you know, well, why is her last name on the bands? We know that that's not the baby's name, but it's just how the, the computer system is working right now. Right. So hopefully, like we said, as this becomes more normalized, that will be updated too, that we can. Well, really, I mean, it's even the fact that all this is recognized by the hospital. And, and there were a lot of things that really were very comfortable for us yes. as intended parents <clears throat> uh, working with our surrogate. The fact that, um, the baby went straight to a room with us. Yes. And yes. our surrogate went to a separate room. Yes. It was close to ours. And we visited while um, she was recovering and yes. and the baby was growing and all that stuff. So the fact that that is available is really incredible. Yes. Um, yes. And I also had no idea what it would mean to us to have a surrogate as a delivery nurse. Oh, that's it was awesome. The coolest. I, I just was so thankful and grateful to be able to be part of your guys's birth. It was, it made us feel wonderful. so comfortable. I don't even know if I like people should be like looking into their hospital and seeing if anyone has <laughs> been a me surrogate. Like, and I have a lot of hormones <laughs> going through me right now. Uh, yeah, I, that would be, a, that would be wonderful. But I know, um, at least in our little unit, if there is a chance for us to take care of a gestational carrier, we, I mean, for like for you guys, like I switched to shift because I knew you were, you were going to oh, be wow. there. <laughs> so and when we can take care of our gestational carriers, we we do. Well, it might be happening again. We might plan our induction when you have a shift. <laughs> oh, I'll plan mine. Uh, you tell me when I'll be there. <laughs> I, yeah. So um, I love talking about the hospital because it's hard. Like I, you, you're right there in the middle of it. Um, what are the things that can trip people up during the delivery or, or like, I just remember going in there as a man Mm -hmm. married to a man Mm -hmm. and having never seen anything except what's on TV. Sure. You know, (laughs) I like, I was so afraid I was going to do something wrong. (laughs) What are some of the things that like really could trip you up, Mm -hmm. especially working with, with a surrogate? Because I think there are, I think when you're working with a surrogate, yes, everything is about this baby being um, born and then handed over to the IPs. Mm-hmm. But there are boundaries that IPs shouldn't cross with mm-hmm. surrogates, right? Yeah, I'm sure there are. I just, it seems like everybody that I've come in contact with has had such a great relationship. And that's like, I mean, the women at Hope Surrogacy, like they match us so well, so well. And the relationships that we build, it seems like the conversations, the crucial conversations have been had most of the time by the time it's, you know, delivery date. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess just having that plan is very important. Even writing out a birth plan could be helpful just to help you think of other things that you may not have thought about before. Um, But, you know, like who's going to do skin to skin first? You know, who, and I don't know if... Skin to skin is when the the baby is born, you spend, the baby spends an hour against like the actual skin of the actual parent. Yes. And so in that case, it was me. Yes. (laughs) And and our our baby girl, um, Giovanna handed our baby girl up to me and then I held her for the first hour of her life. 
Yes. Um, but we Beautiful. had to make that decision because we couldn't both do that. Right. So that, that we had to make that decision. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, just um, speaking, you know, and that's something that if possible to talk about, like if it's an induction or, you know, if she comes in labor, everybody's story is different. But talking about it pretty quick after arrival, before things get very active and uncomfortable and going through labor. the birth plan with it, your delivery. Yes. And, yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, and then your nurse, if the physician's not in there, will communicate that with the physician, like who wants to cut the cord, who's going to be doing skin to skin. Um, I think all of the I think all the families I've ever worked with have known the gender of the baby. Um, so sometimes we'll say who's going to call it the gender, but you know, just having some of those, those things planned out. Um, but also we've had times like, you know, he's going to cut the cord and it t- comes time and he's like, no, 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 I can't do it. <laughs> so, and that's okay too. You know, it's, we're used to, you know, moving and just going with the flow is, I mean, every single labor and delivery is different too. Yeah. So, but just, yeah, having a general idea of um, your hopes and outcomes and um, just working with the ca- your care team is huge. I know in Madison, we say we will do anything that we can to make your labor and delivery experience what you want it to be. Um, of course, safety is our top priority. Um, but if you don't want the baby bait till you leave the hospital, that's fine. <laughs> no worries if, uh, you know, if there's lots of different, lot, people have a lot of different um preferences when it comes to labor and delivery and and we you know we in in terms of choosing the hospital we talked so much with our surrogate it really was about where she felt comfortable delivering because we had options did you yeah well because she um uh, doesn't live in madison and so there was there was there were hospitals to choose from in terms of just geography sure and her insurance and all that stuff um but then, you know, so she ultimately made the final choice because it's about this thing that she has to do, really. Right. Um, but we also got great advice from Mary and, and from the team and, and what they um, know about other experiences that happened at the hospital where we delivered. And so that was sure. really good, too, to be able to talk to other people. and Great. Um, and even in and I would I'm thinking even of IPs that um, live states away from. Mm-hmm. Um, states away from where their surrogate is, mm-hmm. like yours, mm-hmm. uh, who can't visit the hospital until right before. Right. <laughs> um, right. But even like finding delivery nurses where you live and just talking through uh, delivery. Yeah. If you've never been. Just going near up one. to the hospital. Like yeah. if they come for, or if the intended parents come for like the 20 week ultrasound, just. Oh, totally. Yeah. After that ultrasound, we're just going to go up to the labor and delivery unit. <laughs> yeah. And, and they totally yeah. will give you a tour yes anytime anytime cool <laughs> anytime yeah i wonder you know when when ips and surrogates are in a delivery room together and there's an emergency happening during the delivery mm-hmm. um what what did you should be people be talking about that because ultimately we know that surrogates always choose oh it's always up to them to choose what's best for their body and it be because it's their body. And I don't mean that a surrogate would choose, wouldn't choose what's best for the baby. I just mean that they have to make the choice yes, ultimately you're right. and legally. You're, yes. Yes. Everything. Yeah. That's really hard. Cause as much as you do want to prepare yourself for the worst, it's, you don't even really want to like take your mind there. Um, but I guess the best advice is just staying as calm as you can really for everybody. Because if the, the gestational carrier sees the parents getting upset. That's very, very upsetting. Um, and vice versa. I know that's really hard. I remember when I was very uncomfortable, there was a short span. I was very uncomfortable right before, um, the baby, our baby was born in July. Um, where the, and I actually don't remember, but I have pictures of the intended mother's face and she was just, you could tell she was in pain with me. She was, it was very, very sweet. Um, so just staying as calm as you can. Nice, easy breathing. I always say nice, easy breathing. <laughs> say it to everybody, my kids, my husband. <laughs> um, uh, but just trying to stay calm, really, because you're in the best place. You've chosen your care team. You know, you just have to put your faith in them. And the best thing you can do is just... Um, nice, easy breathing. And the your care team will keep you... You know, if the intended... Um, if the gestational care had to be rushed back for a C-section or something... 
the nurses, like the charge nurse or whoever um, would keep whoever was in the room, which you guys would, uh, the intended parents would be still probably in the delivery room left behind because right. um, we just get that baby out. Um, we would keep you updated. And if for any reason you, you know, you felt like it was too long, I'd say press that call it, get somebody in there, ask questions and we'll get you some answers. How important is trust between surrogates and IEPs? I I don't think you can, I don't think you can really do it without it. Um, at least I don't think that I would be able to be able, I don't think I'd be able to happily, I mean, this experience that we had um, with this past pregnancy is just one of the best of, of my life. I just, it was so happy. We were so happy. Um, and that relationship, that bond that I have with the the intended parents, especially the intended mother. Um, again, like we've talked about, I just fell in love with her. Um, and you I, had that going into the delivery. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, I just can't imagine it going through the entire process without that kind of trust and that bond. Um, cause that's why, that's why we're doing it again, you know, because I, we just have such a wonderful, it's like a commitment that we have to each other, you know, to see this through and do everything that we can and create this family. So, wow. Can you, um, talk about meeting them for the first time? Because you didn't, I mean, you know, all that kind of trust and bond is built over time. And when you met them, it was just meeting strangers, right? (laughs) Yes. Yes. We were so nervous. We drove, we drove by the building. We saw what we assumed was their car because we saw the license plates and I was like, just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I need another round around I need the block. Another, yes. So we went around the block one more time and then we, we stopped and uh, we went in and we were all just so excited and nervous. And I think the intended mom was a little shaky and the intended dad, you know, a little deer in the headlights look like, <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> um, my husband is, uh, he's so wonderful, but he's a little quiet before he gets to know people. And so he like, wasn't talking. I'm like elbowing him. <laughs> like, don't make them think that you're weird. Talk. <laughs> um, and, but it was, we definitely, we hit it off right away. We knew that we would because the ladies had chosen us, you know, to be together. And they were with you at that meeting, at least the first yes. part of it, right? Yes. The first part, the first couple hours, we got kind of all the nitty gritty out of the way, um, talk some business. And then we went out to, a little restaurant, little brewery, microbrewery here in the area and spent a couple of hours there and talked and then just kind of... Uh, what was that conversation like? We were just trying to get to know each other a little yeah. bit. Um, and <laughs> ironically, my I think that was the meeting. My parents, um, they live an hour and a half away, but they love Madison. And so they come up here all the time. And uh, we they were at, they, we chose the microbrewery that we went to because my parents were there. And so my parents got to meet them. And that was very important to me. My mom is, uh, very Catholic. And so, um, she knew that we were going through this. She was very, um, appreciative and approving. And, um, I needed that, uh, because she's my mom. And, um, but it was important for me, for my parents, you know, my huge support people to meet, the people that we're going to be, you know, coming into our life for the rest of our lives. I hope, you know, um, we don't see each other hard. You know, I haven't seen them since the birth, but we're very, we stay in contact closely. And so they're going to be friends for life. So yes, having the intended parents meet my parents that day kind of just sealed the deal for me and, uh, having, being able to, you know, see my dad talk with the intended dad and just, you know, so it wasn't, it wasn't difficult at all. And that just made it feel even more right. What were some of the building blocks over the whole surrogacy journey up to the delivery that really helped you to build that bond? Like what are the little, Um, what are the kind of little things that happened along the way that built it? Um, well, from the first meeting, that was definitely the first block. Um, we stayed in contact. Um, I would send her pictures once I started showing a little bit, send her pictures every couple of weeks and just her replies were very sweet. Um, she'd always ask how I was feeling and every once in a while, like she sent flowers once and that was so sweet just out in, you know, it was around Easter time, I think. And so that was so nice. Um, just little thoughtful things here and there. 
Um, and then around the, tw- it was at the 20 week because they came to visit for the 20 week ultrasound. Um, I threw her a baby shower, um, at the neighbor's house. <laughs> and so a couple of my coworkers came and the family and I've got great pictures of that too. And so that was, I think she really liked that. And I loved it too. Cause I wanted some of the main people in my life other than my, um, my parents to meet them as well and spend some time with them, not just say hi. So yeah, a couple of my coworkers came, my best, I've got a group of four they're like there's just five you know just like extra long long best friends yeah that have been around for a long time and so they came up and that was great um and then they actually came up two of them were able to come up to uh, meet the baby too in july so that was great um and then over you know the nearing the end of the pregnancy um the our intended dad is very active and so he did one one of the races here in Madison and so they were able to come a couple times um more throughout like near the end of the pregnancy and they stayed at one of the local hotels and we would always go with the kids and go swimming and so just being able to spend that time together and talk and her parents came um nearing the end of the pregnancy as well and being able to meet them and, you know, cause I've heard about, you know, we talk about them and hear about them, but to be able to meet them and give them a hug and see how supportive they were, just all of those little things just build and build and build. Um, and it's just beautiful to be able to put it all together with a little bow. <laughs> um, what, when we delivered. So, yeah, that's, that's the thing that you think about when you get into it is that delivery day. Yes. Was yes. it what you thought it would be like? Yes. And more. It was beautiful. I thought I would actually I thought I would cry more, but I think I was just so excited and just so happy to see them holding that baby. It was I just couldn't I just was staring. Like it was just wonderful. And then yep, they stayed in the delivery room for a little while after the delivery. And then I said, you know what? Why don't you guys go to your your family care suites room? I'll finish recovering here. Um, you know, there's <laughs> some stuff to get cleaned up. Um and then, you know, we'll talk a little while later. So um, it was wonderful. Um, the, our intended mother was able to pretty much, del- oh, like pretty much deliver the baby. Um, so that was awesome. Like wow. my doctor uh, is wonderful. And she came in on a Saturday and a beautiful day in July. She like went to a barbecue and then she's like, I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> and so sure enough, she came back and we gave her one of the, like the blue surgical coats that we wear that just pop right the open mom. what's that the intended oh mom. yes the sorry yeah we gave the intended mom um a jacket one of the ones that we wear that just kind of pops open in the front with the buttons and then we even gave her sterile gloves and she um the doctor delivered but i mean <laughs> she the intended mom was right there i've got a wonderful i mean it looks like she just was the delivering physician <laughs> right there and so she did skin to skin immediately um, and it was just beautiful. Wow. Yeah. And then her parents and, um, were able to come into the delivery room too, cause they were here. Um, so they came in just, it was beautiful being able to see them meet their new granddaughter. And, um, and then, then they all went to their family care suites room when I said, you know, now was a good time for me to get all cleaned up. And it was just, and we had talked about that before too, that we thought that we'd probably hang out for a little while in the delivery room, but then they could go to the family care suites room where they'd be spending the next two nights with the baby. Um, and then I just finished my recovery and then we headed up to. Was there a moment when you kind of sat and like thought to yourself and reflected about what had happened and what that was like? Maybe it was here at home or maybe it was mm-hmm. at the hospital. I don't know. Um, I think when they left the delivery room, and it was just my husband and I, and we were just like, wow, like that was amazing. That was amazing. And we, and we were just together, just he and I, and it was getting all emotional again. <laughs> it was, uh, it was just such a special, uh, moment to be part of and just knowing her happiness. It's really cool. How did you know she was so happy? It's all in the eyes. (laughs) Um, She, they, of course, they express their thanks, but she was just, her whole body 
just the way she held the baby and, you know, her shoulders caved in and she just snuggled her. I mean, that baby was fresh out of my body and she didn't care. She just grabbed that baby and just snuggled her in and didn't let go until we were like, okay, <laughs> let's do weight and length. Or, you know, I think um, the intended dad held her for a little while. Honestly, I can't remember that part, um, but I remember the intended mom holding her right away and it was just beautiful. And that was really special. I encourage anybody who, you know, even thinks like, you know, I, maybe that, maybe that could be for me. Maybe I could do that to just get some information about it. It's, a, you know, hopefully twice in a lifetime experience. <laughs> Did you anticipate what it was going to feel like seeing her hold the baby? I think that, like you said, you know, there's... From the beginning of, from the first time, you know, you start talking about it, you know, it is all leading up to that moment. So we had definitely thought about what we wanted, um, and I had hoped that it would feel the way that it did, and we were not let down. It was just one of the most beautiful moments of my life. HopeWorks is a podcast created by Hope Surrogacy. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll subscribe and join us for conversations with the amazing women we've worked with as surrogates. If you'd like to support these family building stories, leave us a review and rating on iTunes. A huge thank you to you, Lauren, for sharing your incredible story. It means so much to hear your perspective, which is filled with honesty, strength, and hope. If you're interested in becoming a surrogate, or if you want to know more about building your family through surrogacy, come chat with us at hopesurrogacy.com. You can find stories on the blog or leave us a message on the contact page, or come say hello on Instagram and Facebook. Just search at Hope Surrogacy. On behalf of all of us at Hope, Mary, Leanne, Amy, and myself, we cannot wait to hear from you and to talk about how hope works.